Quick CYA, otherwise known as a disclaimer, the following podcast includes financial information that is for informational purposes only. The information shared comes from the opinion of the host, that would be me, from personal experience, research, and advice from others. I am not a certified financial advisor, nor do I have any financial credentials besides an interest in learning more. I hope you find this information helpful, but do not make any financial decisions solely based on the information provided here. Thank you. Hi, guys, and welcome to the What Else podcast. Today, I've got three guests. This is the most guests I've ever had. I've got my boyfriend, Joseph. Hello. And I've got two of our very best friends, David and Emily. Hey. Hello. Hi guys, and welcome to the What Else Podcast. My name is Sarah, and by listening to this podcast, we have now become best friends. And as best friends do, here we talk about life, ask interesting questions, and open up the floor to learn what else is out there. Before we get started, be a pal and subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star rating, because that is what friends do, and by doing so, you give someone else a better chance of finding it. All right, friend, let's get into the episode. We, you met David, all of our, our whole friendship, this whole, like, um, I don't know, relationship started with you meeting David. This love rectangle. This love rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> really, though. Yeah. Uh, David and Ellie are our best friends. Like, um, we've got several best friends, but they're, you know, they're like our couple best friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me and David have known each other since the back of the bus in eighth grade middle school when both of us would get in trouble for no apparent reason and get, like, sent even further back into the bus because that was where my kids went but (laughs) and that's where it flourished and then uh, for some reason we just continued to hang out with each other even though we both know like this is not a this is not a good thing that we do here but it's a fun thing (laughs) wait so how many years have you guys been friends uh since eighth grade i don't know yeah it's like like 14 ish 13 14 yeah and then when did you guys meet or like either start dating or you were introduced to Joseph? So we started dating in December of 2013. And I think I met Joseph that somewhere throughout that next year, my first like true, like memory of Joseph. And I was actually telling David this the other day where I was like, this is going to be my people is new year's that first new year's of our first anniversary at his house, he and I somehow were the only ones upstairs pouring the like sparkling cider for everyone. And I just remember we like, we were just chill and we were like, we gonna get this done. And we got, got it all like passed out. And that's like my first like one-on-one memory with Joseph that I was like, these are my people. That's I'm, a great- I'm so glad that like everyone else has like good memories because I'm pretty sure I have long-term memory loss. That's a really good like representation <laughs> of your friendship as well. Yeah, like me and Emily just like doing everything, like doing stuff behind the scenes. Everyone's like, yeah, having a good time. And we're just like, all right, we'll let's get this party going. <laughs> yep. And then, um, Emily, I met you our first, first year. It would have been, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, my freshman year, your sophomore year. Yep. And so now what, we're four years in and we yep. have this wonderful thing going. Um, today... Uh, we're going to be talking about money and relationships and how you talk about money to your significant other. Um, as Since we're all very close, especially um, Emily and I gab all the time, and so um, we're very open people about 
like money doesn't necessarily make us uncomfortable. And um, Emily and I've had conversations about how we talk about money to our significant other and how those conversation of, conversations have gone. And um, so I wanted to talk about that today and, you know, allow us to open the floor to be kind of honest and let people inside that. Um, first of all, can you guys give a little background on how you started dating and then also when you got engaged because you are now engaged? Sure. Well, I think, uh, well, we met, um, it took us going to California to meet. We were in FBLA Nationals and she was from a rival high school in the same town as me. So we were on the same flight. Our chaperones knew each other. So we we're basically in the same group. And so I got to know her that way. And then about what, six months after that, we started dating. Yep. Yeah. We just kind of reconnected and I went over to his house for new years. And ever since then we've been together um, almost seven years now. And then this past October, actually. So I, this is my second time on the podcast, I think. Yeah. And actually um, it's funny. I, you, we recorded and I think your mm-hmm. episode went up the week that you got engaged and I yep. knew I knew at the time of our recording. To be honest, everyone knew. Everyone knew. Everyone knew. And I was like sitting there and, you know, we're talking about fall. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm just, I'm so excited. So we're like, I'm very proud of you. Fall engagements. I did not. (laughs) She did a very good job. I'm very proud of her. Yeah. Um, for not spilling that because she and I are the worst you and I are the worst about the worst sharing things like secrets share yeah which is my favorite um, part yes it's It's not the favorite part though (laughs) that's terrible if you don't we don't share outside of us though we don't share outside of the two of us though no never but like if like Joseph if you didn't want Emily to hear something you wouldn't want to tell me yeah well this is known truth at this (laughs) point and tell us a little bit about your story of engagement because everybody wants to hear that so we went up to Asheville which as I think we talked about in the other podcast recommend if you've not listened to it go on back and listen to it even if you want to hear about fall and Christmas time um we went to my favorite place in the whole wide world Asheville and we stayed at this beautiful little cabin um and we were going to go into dinner in the city that night and go up and spend the next day up on Mount Mitchell but it was going to rain so I was actually getting ready and then came out to David standing on the porch and Uh, He just kind of dropped down there and I tackled him and didn't even let him take the ring out um, once he started speaking. And (laughs) that was kind of it. And he kind of goes, let me see the ring. And I said, I don't care about the ring. And he finally made me get off him and actually put the ring on my finger. And now he gets to deal with me planning a wedding. He didn't even have to do the whole spiel. You're like, no, No. he got like like three words in and I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah, nothing of substance was said. It was just a tackle. <laughs> David's gonna like plan, like planned out this entire like five page speech, and I'm just gonna know that like Sarah's gonna tackle me as soon as it happens and not plan anything. But then she's gonna want to hear my speech. Oh no! And we're both gonna just sit there awkwardly, like here it be, happy ring time. <laughs> no, I'm gonna. I will sit there patiently because I want to know every. I'm gonna get like a scroll out and have like a smile, cool word. Every like, beautiful <laughs> word that you have to say to me. Be like, I love you, marry me. 
Oh, great. I've got to look forward to it. It's like when I asked you out on the way to Marvel's one. Yeah, it was very casual. You kind of like looked over while we were walking. You're like, hey, you want to go out? And I was like, Ugh. I think I said something. I was like, is that how you do this? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you got to say it really fast. Like, want to go out? Like, no, if, they, if they say no, you're like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. You're just a prick. Well, we are so happy with your engagement. And I was over the moon. I cried for sure. Um, you didn't cry I cried that's okay I'm a little bit more emotional with that kind of stuff um but when when in your relationship did you guys start talking about money or felt comfortable talking about money with the other so I think oh you go ahead I was gonna say I think because when we kind of were like prepping for this talking about it we both had very different I'd say ideas of when we started talking about money um and I think that's just to the way the two of us were raised. Um, I was raised in a family where we talk about money, but we really don't. Like we don't talk about specifics, but we talk about you need to save, you need to do this, you need to do that. Um, And David's family, I'd say your family doesn't talk about money outwardly really at at all. At least I've never been in a situation where they really do. Um, Not that they, they don't find it important, but they more of just raise their kids with the lifestyle of respecting money. And so for me, I was also raised where as long as I had decently good grades and wasn't doing anything to get in trouble, my parents would fund if I wanted to go grab dinner with a friend or go to a movie. Um, And David had, I'd say, a little bit more work for years. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I had to get like a summer job starting at 13 and I had to get like uh, A's basically to get money on like my weekly quizzes or tests and stuff or else I didn't get anything. So Mm -hmm. there was motivation behind it. Yeah. So I would say that we started talking about money, at least from my side of things very early on. But I think some of that's just because more, I was a little more cognizant of the fact that he was in a different financial place than me. So to me, I was checking in on him to make sure I wasn't trying to put him in financial strain but you kind of had a different idea of when we started talking about it. Uh, yeah, I feel like it was more probably like in, in college time frame. Um, and really seriously, when we're talking about it, especially after we got engaged, because it's kind of like, well, do we need a joint account? Do we need to merge this? Do we need to merge that? Like trying to figure out the way, right, <clears throat> right way to do things. And obviously one size doesn't fit all in this situation. So with like, I figure, you know, when you're starting to talk about money, it's like different, there's different levels that you're willing to share. Like mm-hmm. for sure over the years, I've shared a lot more with Joseph than I did, you know, in our first year of dating. And I don't think, I don't know when we started. We started talking about it before. We didn't talk about like actual bank accounts or like anything like that. But I think we both like, we had talked about it before we actually dated. Like we had talked about stocks and stuff like that. And yeah, we talked about it as an interest and more as a conversational piece. Yeah. Not like specific values of portfolios or bank accounts or anything like that. But through that, then that's when, I don't know, we both understood each other's values and how we thought about money just because we had had conversations on the topic before, not necessarily about our personal finances, but about yeah like stocks and yeah but I think we started talking about it like within the first year if not the first six months of personal finances yeah yeah but we didn't share information that early I don't think 
not like actual numbers. Like you would know my financial situation and I would, you know, yeah, share, you would know mine, but... I would share that I was saving for this and you knew that I was like putting money away for retirement and that kind of stuff. But we didn't share like very specific how much we make, how much we put away, all, you know, how much we are spending, any of that until later. Now it's, we, it's like every number. Yeah. I think like you probably have a shared copy of my budget. I probably have a share. I built your budget. Yeah. Based on like, your own model. Yeah. On Excel. Yeah. So now it's like, well, all right, we know everything about each other. Did you guys, when did, did you, and if you did, when did you share each other's like account information, not necessarily passwords, but like, did you feel comfortable saying, hey, like, this is my checking account. This is how much I have in it. This is my savings account. This is how much I have in it. I have a portfolio here, et cetera. Um, at least for my end, I, I, I feel like Emily at least knows roughly like mm-hmm. what I have, but I still don't really share specifics. I don't think it's just like, because I don't want to. It's just something I don't ever talk about. Yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah. And I think some of it's just how we're looking at our finances for the future. Um, we're doing kind of a, a different model, um, I'd say, than some people. So our parents are basically polar opposites on how they handle finances. Uh, my family is like 100% together, like everything. And my dad manages it all versus David's parents are much more separated and they kind of have different things that each of them are in charge of. Um, and we're actually going kind of down the middle. Um, I actually got this from one of my aunts and uncles where we're going to have at least one main joint account that we each put a percentage of our income in. So like 75%. And that is going to be kind of our budget for living expense, for car, for food on the table kind of expenses. Uh, And then we'll have separate accounts that make up that remainder um, that will be more of our fun money um, or additional savings. If like, cause I'm a spender, I like new shoes. I like to go to buy low and buy really unnecessary salt shakers and pepper shakers that are Christmas themed. Cause it just makes me happy. And David is much more of a, I'm going to put as much as I can away. Um, and so that kind of gives that remainder for me to be able and buy the salt shakers or do the unnecessary things that I enjoy doing as well as save, but also for David to kind of have that control over additional savings like he likes. How are you guys um, doing your savings now? Like when you merge, are you going to merge your Mm -hmm. savings accounts? I don't, I have not looked into what it looks like to like merge retirement accounts. If that's a thing, Um, have you guys planned for that? Um, I don't think we plan on doing, I think it's just strictly that one joint account. And then I think as time goes on, maybe like I'll join Emily's company's insurance and things like that maybe, but yeah, retirement accounts normally will stay separate. Um, I think sometimes I forget what the details are, but like sometimes you'll claim one person's like social security, but not the others, depending on your situation. So there's different things, but I think we'll probably try to keep long-term stuff separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then have it where kind of like you have talked about what you guys do at the end of the month with your money where additional stuff that was in your budget, you didn't spend, you put it away in a savings. Um, My idea is that we'll kind of take additional stuff in our budget and put it into a joint savings so that it's not just sitting there chilling out, doing nothing, but we are keeping 
some money put away. Um, I have a, a fund that has been together. My parents were awesome and put it together when I was born. Um, and that's something that will probably stay in my name, but we'll be able to use what's in it to do things like put a down payment on a house um, is what it was kind of created with the idea for uh, eventually if we have kids to start putting money away for their school, um, those kind of things. And it's something that's an account that David's well aware of, but we'll probably keep in my name just because it's the easiest and it's already set up and kind of running. Yeah. Um. One of the hardest conversations I think that people or the, what, that people get nervous about talking to their significant other about is debt, whether that be school or credit card debt. Did you, did either of you have to have that conversation, um, you know, have debt they had to tell the significant other? And um, when do you feel that it's necessary or appropriate to have that conversation in a relationship? Because if a relationship is going pretty serious, that is something that at least I think should be a very open conversation before marriage because that can definitely affect the other person's finances. Yeah. So I'm the one with the uh, debt in this relationship, unfortunately. It's mainly just, it's student loans is all it is. And as she knew about it, I mean, going into college, I was like, I'm going to have a lot of student loans because, you know, that's the deal I've been dealt kind of thing. So, um, you know, she does know, like on that case, uh, I guess kind of leads into your second part of your question is, um, she knew about it all along and kind of the specific numbers there because it's kind of a burden for both of us now. Um, but it's something I'm focusing all my money on right now. And I'm like saying I'm completely responsible and communicating to her, like, <clears throat> I can't spend money on this because I'm focusing on paying, you know, the student loans off kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's kind of how I've gone about it. Yeah. And it's something I think that like, and he he knows I'd be more than willing to help out with it but he's not going to let me. It's something he feels very strongly that it was his education. And I was fortunate enough to have mine covered uh, completely, including my uh, master's and he wants to kind of pay that off. And so that's something that that's what he's going to do. And it might be that our dual expenses that are in that account goes towards that. Um, but we'll work that out as we set that account up, hopefully in the next month or two. That sounds like a good plan to me. Did the conversation around um, shared debt or, um, you know, what you would do with that, did that bring up any emotion or did that factor into any of the way that you planned your future, I guess, financial goals? Um, for me, yeah, for sure. Long-term goals and stuff. Like I had a goal this year that I needed to meet. I knew, well, I knew I had to start paying it this year. However, I didn't because coronavirus I didn't know that in January but um I definitely know I'm gonna have to pay it next year and um gonna kind of have to focus more on that but uh there was no really emotion about it I, I knew it was coming kind of thing and I basically the way I told him I was like well here's the total was like uh when you when you're filling out your student loan stuff you have to like if you die you have to give mm -hmm. who's gonna pay your loan and so I told them I was like you're responsible for all my loans if I die. So, but yeah. You so really that no guys, like just first started dating or like, was that like a recent development? Oh, that was that, a recent development. Yeah, that was like at the end of your college career, the bank basically emails you and requires you to, you know, you got to fill out all this information. And so that's when I did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for me, like it was something I knew he would have. Um, I think the only thing long-term it really changed is, my desire to ensure that 
if if we have children, that they have their education covered. Because I was blessed enough that through both my work and my parents, my education was fully covered. And I was able to leave school with the knowledge that I didn't have that debt sitting on my shoulders. Uh, David's one of five. That's a whole different ballpark. Uh, put five kids through college nowadays is like, you basically got to be a millionaire. Um, but to start saving early, uh, if we do have children and that way, know that so that just so that they can have that peace of mind of, of leaving school and not having that debt on their, on their shoulders. Yeah. Thankfully we didn't have to have that conversation and neither of us had credit card debt either. Yeah. We both got out of school without debt, sort of, because you had that one fun situation where a loan was taken out in your name like unintentionally yeah I did not know I had debt but apparently yeah there was that fraudulent thing um that was great but it was only a thousand thousand dollars like thousand or twelve hundred dollars so I literally like called argued realized it wasn't going to go in my way and then just paid it and I was like that's over with but um it'll become you know everybody accumulates debt at some point but I think the first thing of like that that you'll accumulate is the house yeah probably in march ish time frame just yeah. try and buy a house which will be a fun experience for me yeah uh which like fortunately i think i'm doing it a smart way but we'll just have to see down the road you know it's a it's a big i don't know i felt like i recently i bought a car like three years ago and i was like man this is the most stressful thing that i've ever had to do and like proceeded to buy my car in cash and like not have to do any of that mumbo jumbo but now it's like Hi, I would like to spend the left the rest of my life in servitude because I own a house now in Charleston, South yeah. Carolina. It'll be your biggest, like, I mean, obviously your biggest purchase, but also the first purchase that, because you didn't have a car payment. No, so I've never, have, I've never had any sort of payment. My, my, I was like, Emily, like, my school was taken care of through scholarships and a little bit of my parents and that kind of stuff. And I've never had credit card debt. I pay my credit card off. I've never had a car payment. I bought both my cars cash. So it's uh it'll be an interesting thing where i have to owe someone money every month but i guess it's sort of like rent i mean yeah it's like rent but at least like you own your own junk yeah that'll be a whole that'll be interesting we'll have to touch back with you in like six months and see how that went yeah i mean i don't know i feel like at least if i'm paying rent or i'm paying a mortgage at least it's kind of sort of going back to myself at the end of the day. Yeah, it feels better than rent where it's going. Yeah, ask, me in, ask me in six to eight months and I'll tell you how sad I am about my life. <laughs> <laughs> so who who is going to handle, I want, and both now I'm bringing you in a little bit more, Joseph, who's going to handle the finances and have, well, have you had that discussion and how was that determined? You guys can go first. <laughs> well, I want to be handling the finances just on the case that I'm the saver, not the spender. But um, like, it's not like I'm going to be like, no, you can't see how I'm planning it or spending it or, you know, allocating it. We're still going to do it together. It's just, I'm going to be the one writing the spreadsheets because I have, I have all kinds of ones. Like I have ones for, for me, I have one, a six month runway. If I lost my job today, like what's my budget and how long can I last kind of thing. So that's my six month runway. I do all kinds of different, like five, 10, 20 year spreadsheets. So I'll probably be handling most of that, but it's not like I'm in complete control or anything. So. Yeah. And to answer your question of when did we discuss this yesterday when you sent out the questions? <laughs> um. Yep. But, but she didn't even, she, she read the question and looked at me and I said, you. I think we both know the answer to this question. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think the big thing for us will be, so with, with kind of my parents and what I've seen, because I feel like you learn a lot of your financials in life from your parents, whether it's you learn what to do or what not to do. Um, that's just, that's the model you grow up with. Uh, for me, a huge part of it is my mom. She has access. She's never been denied access. She just does not regularly log in and check their bank account. My dad every morning is in there balancing things, ensuring nothing has been fraudulently put on there because my mom had had her identity stolen a few years ago. She just is not as aware. She has a general idea, but doesn't have that day-to-day control. I'm really big on also having that day-to-day control. So I think it's really going to be more of a partnership with him more of being like, hey, Emily, check your spending. Like, no, we can't buy a brand new couch because I'm the kind of person who like, I will make it work. If I need a new pillow, I'm going to buy the new pillow and I will cut something else out later in the month versus David's much more of a like, okay, let's budget for this. Let's plan. Let's, you know, cut something out this month and then do next month or use this discretionary fund. So I think he'll handle that. And then, but I'll still stay really involved in it. Right. And like the 15 day mark in a month, I'll pull, um, I have an app called mint where you can pull data from your bank account and you can see how much you've spent out of your total budget. And you can be like, okay, I need to adjust X, Y, and Z categories in order to meet my budget. So then I can put the rest in whatever loans, savings, payments, whatever. So, And that'll kind of be, I guess you're kind of already fixing some of that with the joint account, but then each having their own like spending account because, um, you know, we sit, we share the same budget model as far as like the Excel file, but it's different when I go in there a couple times a week, you know, update, you know, put in there what I've spent that week. I got gas this day. I bought a book that day, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be, you know, a little bit harder to work in that same model when it's two people. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of interesting because Sarah likes budgeting and that kind of stuff a lot more than I do. But I would say I'm a lot more involved in my own budget. Like I, I kind of right now, like if I buy something, I immediately put it into my budget, that kind of stuff. Um, and it's almost a, at a point of like, it's not because I enjoy it. It's because money stresses me out so much. And I don't really have a reason to be stressed out about it. Like I just, I'm a little like squirrel. Like yeah. I, I get money and I'm like, hold on to it. And like, And so I do all these like weird budgeting things that, I mean, they work for me and they work great. I mean, we calculated it last like week or something like that. And I save like 82% of my untaxed income a year, like compared to my spending, which is really high because I just hoard all my money as much as I can. But I think at like once we get to the point where we're sharing a budget, I think it'll be better for me if I'm just like, okay, you do it because otherwise I'll just be continuously stressed out. And like, you know, like I can desperately need something and I'm like, nah, I don't like, I don't need it. Right. I, yeah. I could like have no tread on my tires and be like, nah, that's a one. That's not <laughs> um, and like, so it, it'll be interesting to see how we do it because I think, I think a lot of it will come down to you just because you enjoy it. I do. I but do. like, on the other hand, like I think investments and stocks are much more on my side. Than yeah. You your have side. a lot more experience in that. And just a, a little bit more, you're a little bit more fluent with it, even, but mm-hmm. I have much more of an interest in money and it, 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 while it energizes me to go over the budget, it stresses you out. And so that, I mean, just practically making, you know, taking that, 
stress off of you, but it also comes from a place where we share pretty much the ex exact same like money mindset and money goals. And you, just like you're a squirrel, I am as well. Right. But you're not a squirrel because you get nervous, nervous I'm just a squirrel and because I'm like, that's how I handle my money is like right. I say, but I don't get stressed out about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I, it'll probably be a mix. I could see definitely, as you said, you going through the investments um, and all of that a lot more while I handle kind of the day-to-day -day and our Excel sheet and bills and stuff because that that doesn't bother me and scheduling those up doesn't bother me. Um, mm -hmm. so. Wait, have you guys yeah. set like money goals together on like shared your money values? Do you share a money, the same money mindset? Uh, more or less. Like, I, feel, I feel like we both want to say the same amount, but in different ways, if that makes sense. Like, I'm very big on, like, my goal this year was to get my savings account to a certain area and then start taking money and putting it into, like, mm -hmm. stocks and crypto and long-term bonds and things like that. And I think Emily's just a little more different, but she still wants to save the same amount, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I still want to save. I still think savings is important. I believe in paying yourself first, like, 100%. Um, I just am less about, I want to save X. It's more, I want to save X percentage. So whatever my income ends up being for the year, I want to save this much of it. All right, we are taking a quick break to thank our non-sponsor, Kopari Deodorant. Um, no, I am not fancy enough to have sponsors, but I wish I was. And so this is a segment where I just kind of share my favorite products. And I have been using Kopari Deodorant for a solid two weeks. Um, and it's really good. Like, all the Instagram, you know, ads and all that stuff that I've been... Uh, served online has really worked. It's like $14. And at first I was like, what the heck? But listen, hear me out. It's so good. I think it's made with like almond essential oils or something, um, which, you know, some people get weird about essential oils in their products and I totally get it, but it is fantastic. I have totally noticed a difference. I was about to say in the quality of my armpits, but like kinda, like no more like red bumps or irritation or I don't know, like is it weird to say rash? Listen, underarms can get a little wild. Um, but this deodorant has been a total game changer. I love it. The smell is addicting. You feel like you are coming out of the water in Bali. So I don't know what else you need. I think I'm about going to order some more of their products. If you um, love any of their products, definitely let me know which ones I should order next. Um, but you will not get 20% off on their website if you use what else 20 however Kapari if you want to sponsor me like that'd be neat and uh, we, could, we could have a code for 20% off sure if you sign up for their email list or something you could get like 10% off or something but anyway um, I'll link the deodorant in the show notes and you can look forward to these favorite segments every episode so all right back to the episode So do you guys have any like specific habits or things that you do to manage money together or that you plan to do? I've heard of some couples who like meet together weekly to like look over the budget or um, I don't know, you know, something like that, like these check-ins and habits that they kind of build in to their weeks or months or whatever. Do you guys do any of that or planning to, to do any of that? I haven't looked into any of it for myself yet. Um, 
I feel like Sunday is our weekly like checkup. Like, cause mm-hmm. we go grocery shopping and then we have like, that's when we Venmo each other. It's like, okay, for this week, you owe me X, Y, and Z. So it's mm-hmm. like whoever owes the most will Venmo like the remaining whatever. So I feel like that's kind of our checkup. We don't have anything formal. I feel like it's not very like, we spent yeah. X, Y, Z this this week kind of thing. Yeah. And we'll, we'll have check-ins throughout. Like if David notices a large amount of packages showing up, he'll be like, okay, Emily, <laughs> what are you ordering? is that in your budget? And he's more of just holding me accountable to the fact that I see something. I'm like, Oh, this person, like we do a squad Santa in our, in our group. And like, like he's, he's literally had to be like, Emily, you can't buy this person, the entire universe. Joseph has also been like, you can't buy this person, the entire universe. Joseph and David have, have kind of worked on curbing me in. Um, but, but like he does like the check-ins like that. Um, and, and kind of just make sure I'm good. But yeah, I'd say eventually once we have that joint account, we'll we'll do more, more formal, okay, this is this and how are we doing and what kind of amount are we going to have to put away in savings at the end of the month? I wanted to ask you this specifically because I feel like you, or at least when I'm talking to Emily, <laughs> um, you guys have such like a great communication model. Um, both of you really value communication and are very it seems like really upfront when there's like an issue or something like you're very intentional about like sitting down and actually talking about it. And, um, can you, you know, this will divert a little bit away from like the money, but it absolutely integrates into how you keep that communication channel open with your significant other. Can you guys talk a little bit about your communication values and how you maintain that and, or even introduce that as a value in your relationship? It wasn't always that way. Um, we were long distance for like five and a half, six years. I've lost track at this point. We were long distance for a really long time. Sure. And communication looked a lot different because we were constantly texting because we didn't see each other or we were on video chat every night. And it was a different communication because we led very separate lives just together, um, which is, is kind of an interesting way of doing things. But since we moved in, especially when we moved into our new place, uh, we had a lot of just like little disagreements. And really what it was is that we were not communicating like we should. And so we actually introduced a model. We call it REC. Um, It's respect, empathy, communication, and compassion. Uh, So it's like REC with two C's. Yeah, with two C's. Um, and we try and do weekly check-ins. We're not always perfect about it. Um, sometimes it's a random, oh, wait, we didn't do it. Hey, babe, how's my rec? Um, and it's just really checking in with each other and going, you know, am I respecting you? Am I providing you the empathy you need? Because we both do have very different just ways of thinking about things. And I'm a lot more of an emotional person, not that David's not emotional, but I wear my emotions on my sleeve. If you say something to me sometimes that really upsets me, I'm just going to start crying. Like that's just who I, if you talk about my grandmother, I'm just going to start crying because that's who I am. Um, And he's, he's just not that way. He processes his emotions. Um, And then we talk about that communication. Am I communicating with you what I need to, for us to be a good team and to be a good partnership and making sure things like finances, like, if he is close to his budget, like we've had the talk, um, cause he would always say, I have no money. I have no money, which to me meant I have no money. <laughs> like I am out. 
I cannot buy another thing. All I can eat this month is rice. But to him, that meant my budget is out. So we had to learn each other's communication styles and languages and then check in and make sure that the way each of us is communicating satisfies that language and style because we know we are vastly different in that. I read his body language. He takes everything I say very literally, which when I'm a sarcastic person doesn't always work well. And when he is just sitting how he sits and I'm like, you look stressed. What's wrong? Tell me. I need more information because something's not right. It doesn't work well. So that's why we communicate like we do. Who introduced that model? Like who was the first one to say? Because that's very, I mean, you know, that's like a actual like thing. Who was like, we should do this. It's called REC. I came up with the acronym, but basically. Did you really? Yeah. He did. He came up with the acronym, but we had kind of both said like what things are important to us to make this work. So like for me, it was really that empathy and compassion because I am so emotional and he is a lot more of that logical. He would be like, why are you overreacting? And I'm like, I'm just reacting. It might seem like over, but this is just me reacting. So those are the two things that were really important to me. And then for him, it was that respect and communication because I was not always, I come from a family where my grandmother was very much the head of household and she just kind of did. And my grandfather followed. Um, At my grandmother's funeral, my cousin actually talked about her and my grandfather's relationship and said, you know, for the next 40 years or however many years they were married, I can't remember. um, She looked to the room and he looked to her. And that was their relationship as she looked to others and did for them. And he looked to her. Um, And so I tend to bulldoze (laughs) and I know this. And so that's where that respect for David and his needs comes in versus that communication of telling him where I'm coming from rather than just doing and hoping he's along for the ride. That was a nice story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Makes me cry. (laughs) Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. I've only, I've only had one glass of wine. Um, these are the last two questions. We'll kind of go round table. Um, how early in a relationship do you think that people should start talking about money with their significant other? And then why is it important to understand your partner's financial situation and their also their financial mindset? Uh, how early? I would say like as soon as you think it's going to become serious, whether... Like, you may not be saying, hey, we're going to end up together forever, but as long as soon as you think it's like, okay, this is more than like a, a couple night or a couple week fling, like, start talking about it, you know, at least make sure you're on sort of the, the same page if you're going to, even if you're going to start dating someone for two years, you know, it, it's sort of important. You don't have to talk about the specifics right then, but it, it's a good idea to just kind of put it out there and see, you know, what, what can we talk about? you know, kind of like we did even before we were dating, it was, you know, what is your mindset? What do you think about stocks? What do you think about, what is your saving goal? Uh, Why it's important to understand your partner's financial situation? I don't know. I mean, I don't think any of us are in this situation, but it's like, imagine you guys get engaged and you suddenly find out that like your significant other is $500,000 in debt for whatever reason. And you've never heard about it until that day. It's like, well, really happy we're engaged I'm really unhappy that I suddenly owe half of five hundred thousand dollars um so I think uh, as kind of I guess maybe bad it is to say 
if you're on the worst side or the worst third, worser is a word. <laughs> worser is now a word. If you're on the worst side of um, the financial situation, maybe talk about it earlier. If you guys are all like, you're good, you're good. You know, both sides are good. You don't really need to talk about it as early in my eyes. I don't know. I, I think that's kind of a weird, like a bad thing to say. No, but. I don't think it's a bad thing to say because it's not to say that, you know, your love yeah, you're not going to Yeah, you're going to break up with someone right. and you're not going to do it. It's just, I just, I just come back to like, oh my God, you're go, you, you guys are engaged. Like so exciting. And then one of them is like, I'm now a million dollars in debt. You right know? yeah and that's like not a good thing to figure out day of yeah it's a conversation that mm -hmm. should be had before then i mean just for trust reasons right. like there's certain mm -hmm. like i would want to know before we got engaged like where you were born and like you know different things about how you. much money you got in the bank <laughs> yeah not, not like that <laughs> but you know it's something i would you know i would wonder like why did they hide that because then i mean that really starts a relationship and not not a good place right i'm just saying like yeah imagine you, you're like day one it's like we're ready to build this relationship and you're like just kidding <laughs> just kidding a million dollars okay <laughs> and like imagine how rocky the start that is yeah like, no that would just mm -hmm. be a so i would say uh early and uh it's important to discuss your financial situation because you don't want to do that to other people so discuss it early thank you <laughs> goodbye thank you and mic drop. <laughs> oh, David, what do you think? Well, I think it's, uh, man, I think if you're like in serious trouble, like, like Joseph said, like as soon as possible, because even if you're dating and this person's like, I'm a hundred K in debt, like that's something to know. It's not like a deal breaker by any means, but it's still like, you shouldn't know that. But especially if you're engaged immediately, you should know if like, roughly how much you're in debt you know what am i about to take on kind of thing but if you guys are both good you can do it on your own time i feel like you know i feel like one one size doesn't fit all again so is this where um, i should tell you i'm forty thousand dollars in debt <laughs> should have told you right. that like <laughs> now <laughs> two months ago <laughs> kidding I'm not yeah i think early on in relationships you should have an idea of where the person is in their budget at least um i just think of like david and i having been in very different budgets like he was still in school for an entire year that i was back in i was full-time workforce so my budget was a lot freer because i was not paying any school tuition i could just put it into savings or spend it or do whatever i want really two years um, think about it yeah really almost two years um and so i had a little more financial freedom and i often i i tend to like uh, my, my parent, my family likes to call me the Southern belle. I tend to like the finer things in life. I like good food, good wine, uh, fun trips. Um, I, I, Joey's jokingly say I have my mother's taste, but my father's spending habits, meaning my mother has expensive taste and my father likes to spend. Uh, he just likes to buy like cheaper things than my mother does. Uh, it's not a great combination to have, but uh, I had to be very cognizant of the fact that David did not have the budget I had and we could not go on a hundred dollar dinners because if he was the one taking that bill, that was a lot for him. I mean, that was, am I eating every meal this week or am I going to cut out a couple dinners? Um, so I think that's important. So you don't sign your partner up for more than they can afford. Um, and then I just think that the more detailed comes as you get further in that relationship and move more towards whether combining or becoming more reliant on what each other's financial situation is. 
And I think it's important so that you can work as a team and can have that proper communication and not have resentment from one person because the other's financially holding more or taking more of the burden or whatever you want to say it is. Have wreck. Have wreck. Have Hashtag. wreck. Hashtag wreck. That's a book title right there. That is. Sure. How, how to wreck. How to, wait, how to wreck your marriage. Oh my God, David, you have to write a book and you have to call it how to wreck your marriage. I'm about to become a millionaire. I'm so dead serious. New York Times bestseller. For sure. I'm calling it now. We're going to reference back and, you know, I, you know, as your new publishing uh, manager, uh, (laughs) a rough draft in six months, it gives you plenty of time and uh, we'll have this. We don't get married till 2022, so. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, that does put a damper in. Well, it could be like a, I don't know how to wreck my marriage, but this is how I would if I was. (laughs) How to wreck your engagement. (laughs) We'll take a 60% cut. You guys get the other 40. Yeah. Considering I That's feel like fine, but really you guys are going to pay for couples trips from now on. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ooh. That wasn't in the deal. <laughs> We're going to go to our backyard from now on. <laughs> couples trips are about to in an apartment. Close to home. But he'll live in a house in a couple months, so. Ooh, true. Yeah. Especially if we get a 60% cut of the book. <laughs> yeah, that's not much your house. Oh, goodness. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, this has been an absolute joy. I loved talking to you guys, and uh, you are such good friends to us, and so I was super excited to have you guys on the podcast together. Um, we will leave, you know, Instagrams and all that kind of stuff in the description box and any information that you might need. Um, guys, I hope you enjoyed listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye! 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 <laughs>